I'm John Carter in Moscow. I'm now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, reporting from India. In Colombia. I'm John Carter. Today on The Carter Report, John Carter lets us know that we are never alone. Welcome back. So here I am, I'm stuck in a Russian hospital. The economy has collapsed, there are no medicines. Uh, it's about two or three in the morning. My blood pressure has dropped to a dangerous level. Uh, somehow I can get the doctor to come, but the doctor is completely drunk. And I thought to myself, well, <laughs> we're all going to die one day. <laughs> so this, this may be it. Uh, my blood pressure is so low, they've given me this medication. But I had a friend. I had my Bible. And I turned to Psalm 23. And I want you folks to turn to Psalm 23. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read you what I read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Here it is. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My neighbor came in and told me an experience in Thousand Oaks. In Los Robles Hospital, he had open heart surgery. Good doctors. He was frozen, of course, couldn't move, couldn't cry out, totally conscious. He was totally conscious, but he could feel the pain. I said, Roy, Dr. Roy, what did you do? He said, I repeated Psalm 23 over and over again, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We're talking today, our topic is never alone. The presence of God is all you need. So here I am in this Russian hospital. I, I somehow get a message out to the person in the corridor who can speak English, young, young lady. She gets on the phone, calls the hotel. Soon my family come, everybody comes and... I'm surrounded and I, I'm okay. But I want you to know this, even in a hospital or in Zimbabwe, walking down a jungle track with a machine gun in your back, I've had all those things. Or in Siberia with a person who's drunk pointing a gun at you. Whenever alone, his presence is all that we need. I want you to come over here to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. 
the words of our Lord. Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. Now, folks, I'm not an armchair theologian. I've been to places, I've seen stuff. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. <laughs> Jesus never said, you're going to have a life of contentment and ease. Everything's going to be great all the time. But no, he said, I'm going to be with you to the end. When I uh, studied for the ministry at Avondale College, I was poor. Not a poor student, I hope, but poor in this world's goods. We didn't have people giving us money. My parents could not afford to give me any money. Every vacation, I went from door to door selling books. Every person who wants to be a minister ought to do it. It develops <laughs> tenacity and courage. I felt the presence of God as I went selling books. Just before my last year, my dear old dad gave me his Harley Davidson. Even then, back there, even then, it was an antique. <laughs> it was a 1942-44 uh, World War II army bike, police bike. They still look pretty much the same today. I rode that thing all around uh, western New South Wales, going from farm to farm, from station to station. That means from ranch to ranch, selling books. Now, you may wonder, what does a skinny boy without any money, what does he do when the sun goes down? Where do you stay? Every night. This is true. This is why I have faith in God. I've seen the hand of God. A farmer or a farmer's wife would say, where are you staying tonight, boy? Have you eaten recently? You look pretty skinny. Every night I lived like a king. Mm -hmm. God took care of me, but I'll tell you something I'll never, 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 never forget. One day on a desolate stretch of road in Australia, Australia is almost as big as the United States of America, but America in population is 15 times bigger. So you can go in Australia and ride a Harley all day and only see kangaroos. One day on a desolate stretch of road, I stopped to eat. And when I'd finished eating, <laughs> I walked around the back of my bike, which I loved. There's nothing better, my friend, than being on a Harley <laughs> on the outback and you feel that motor, you know, thumping along. It, you know, it's almost getting to heaven, but it's not. But in the back tire, there was a nail this long. I had no tools except a pair of pliers, nothing else. What does a boy do? I was 20 years of age. I pulled it out, but not before I'd gotten down in the dust 
those days, people used to wear suits. Like they do, like the newscasters still do. <laughs> like the people who read the news, they read suits. Only people who don't read suits when they go out formally are people who go to church. <laughs> so I knelt down and I prayed in my suit. I said, God, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm pulling out this nail. I don't have any tools. I said, God, please. Keep the tire up. I pulled it out. I rode that bike thousands of miles after that. The tire never went down. Listen, I want you to know this. I want you to know this. We are never alone. His presence is all we need. Come to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. The Bible says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He doesn't say he'll supply all of our wants, but God says, I will supply all of your needs. I'm here to testify we are never alone and the presence of God is all we need. I know it is true. Have faith. Another time at Avondale College, I had a full workload. I was working 24 hours a week to get money so I could pay my fees. I had a full study load. I was doing a, a degree. I couldn't afford to eat, eat too much because I didn't have enough money for eating, uh, a lot of, at least. During winter, it was very cold. Uh, uh, sometimes I would freeze at nighttime. People think Australia never gets cold. It gets freezing. <clears throat> but one night, when the burden was so heavy, I went out under the stars on the Avondale campus. And this boy, who was 20 years of age, got down on his knees, and I looked up into the stars. And when I looked up into the stars, I looked up into the face of God. And I felt an irresistible conviction that I was not alone that God would meet all of my needs, that he'd help me to pay for my fees, that he'd give me the money so I could buy toothpaste <laughs> and food. So I want you to know this. We are never, never alone. I would hitchhike home. My home was in Brisbane. I was so poor because I was studying full-time. And when I wasn't studying, I was out selling books. I couldn't afford the train fare home. So you know how I got home? I walked. I hitchhiked. I remember one time when I was going home, it was winter time, And I went up the New England Highway, which is one of the most beautiful parts of the world. It's beautiful. But it's up a few thousand feet. And it snows. And it gets something worse than snow. It gets sleet. And I got stuck in Gara for a full day and two nights. And to stop freezing because I didn't own an overcoat. I owned 
just a suit and one shirt. I stepped, I, I stayed I, and slept inside the phone booth. But I was not alone. I think every young man who studies for the ministry to toughen you up or to go through experiences like this. The next day I went out on the freeway and I continued to try to get a ride home. And a big semi-trailer did come along and he stopped and he opened the door and I was greeted with a blast of hot air. I thought, you know, so nice. He put me inside and he said to me, when did you uh, eat last? <laughs> I said, I'm doing fine. When he got a lot, I should be home in a day. He said, well, we're going to stop at a place where we stop. And he said, um, I just want you to be my guest. And he fed me scrambled eggs and toast. He supplied my need. I serve a God who has continually supplied my needs. There are many people who say, I will serve God when everything is clear. That day will never come. That day will never come. I want you to come over here to Acts 27, 23, 24. These are wonderful words, Acts 27. Paul says, for there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, <coughs> saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. He said, um, this angel, the angel of God, whose I am, stood beside me and he said, do not be afraid, Paul. I've had that voice talk to me on many occasions. In 1995, we ran an evangelistic campaign in Kiev. People wonder, why do you run evangelistic campaigns? You're a pastor, you can pastor a church. I've been a pastor for more than 50 years. Pastor the biggest churches and the smallest. Why do I run evangelistic campaigns? Because God tells me to. It's taught in, and he tells you to also. It is taught in the Bible. It is apostolic. It is Christ-centered. So we were in Kiev and we did not have success. We had extraordinary success. We had more than 100,000 people turned away from the opening meeting. The biggest crowds that they'd ever seen in that part of the world. And when you have success, you will also have persecution. And I was called down by the Kiev government to City Hall. All the church leaders came with me. They were not allowed to come in with me. I had to go in by myself and a translator. And the leader of the Kiev government said, uh, close down the meetings. This is an order. And I said to them a word they have seldom heard before. I said, no. What do you mean? No. N-O. Yet. What don't you get about that? They said, we will throw you into prison. I said, go ahead, be my guest. I was not doing this presumptuously. 
I was standing up for God. And I felt the presence of God. I felt a holy boldness because I felt the presence of God. And when I got outside, I'm almost ashamed to tell you this, the leaders of the church, the brave leaders who had been in jail for their faith said to me, what did you do? Did you say you would close down? Did you sell us out? I said, no, I said, no. They can throw me into prison, but I will not close down the meetings. They said, we were afraid that seeing you came from overseas, you would have given in. But they were people who'd been thrown into prison on many occasions, but they knew what it was to stand for God. We are never alone. The angel of the God I serve and worship stood by me. His presence is all you need. Now come over here to the book of Joshua, please. Joshua 1 and verses 5 to 7. And when your courage is uh, falling away, when you're just sort of wilting, read this text. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I testify that this is true. I've seen it in my own life. I know the presence of God. Let me tell you about purchasing the Arcadia building. We'd started up a church in Glendale because there was no place we could take the new converts. So we started up the Community Adventist Fellowship. But we were using this building that belonged to another denomination and they did not like what I preached. They wanted to get rid of us. And then I heard that there was a building for sale in Pasadena. And I went over to Pasadena by myself to see this building. But when I got to Pasadena, the realtor came along and he'd forgotten to bring the key. That was in the providence of God. I said, do you want to sell it? He said, I don't have the key. But he said, there is a building over in Arcadia but it is too expensive for you. I said, too expensive for me? <laughs> he said, do you want to see it? I said, yes, indeed. We went across and we saw the building in Arcadia and I said, this is exactly what the doctor ordered. He said, do you have a million dollars for the deposit? In fact, 1.1 million. And I said to him in faith, we will have it. I said, how long have we got? He said, a few weeks. 
And within a few weeks, people across America and Australia had sent us $1.1 million. Because uh, God owns everything. But then we had to get a loan for the rest. Millions of dollars. A famous bank in this part of the world met with me and gave us a written guarantee that they would lend us the money. And two weeks before we were due to close, they sent back our papers and they cancelled the loan. A certain organisation that shall remain silent had put pressure upon them to not to give us the loan so we couldn't buy the building. But there's a judgment day. So we didn't know what we were going to do. But then a bank heard about us, Banco Popular. Can you believe it? And they sent up their, one of their managers, Ken Westby, who was a Canadian. When he met me, he said, I want to give you my calling card. He passed me his card. Didn't say vice president of the bank. It was his seat ticket to a Billy Graham campaign where he had come as an atheist and where he had been converted to Christ. And he said, if you get this building, Christ will be preached in this building and Christ hasn't been preached here. He said, how much do you need? I told him. He said, we will get it for you. He said, it's impossible. We can't do it in two weeks, but we will get it. And in two weeks, he called me and I went to the bank and as I came to the door, he cried out to me, come thou in, thou blessed of the Lord. Here is the check. <laughs> Purchasing this building here. Well, we had to sell that building, and then we had to move here. When I came to look at this building here, this building was owned by the bank, a bank. And the bank sent down one of the representatives. They had an offer on this building, which was more than we were prepared to pay. I gave him the offer. He said to me, I believe God wants you to get it. <laughs> and we got it. Because, my friend, we're never alone. And the presence of God is all we need. Look at Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. Psalm 91, 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I was working, working some recent time over in Australia. People say, I can't believe all of these stories. There was a rock wall at the bottom of my property, 20 feet. I was working there. I lost my footing. I fell head first. It's volcanic country. There are these vast rocks. I fell down 20 feet on my head. I knocked myself unconscious and I fell, fell into a three-foot space in the fetal position in the very spot, the only place where I didn't fall on rocks. I missed the rocks by this much here. When I came to, I was knocked unconscious. I felt I'm still alive. People say it's impossible. Look at Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. 
again. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, my friend, (laughs) from my heart to yours, I invite you to receive Jesus into your heart and make him your Lord and your Savior. Then you will say, I am never alone. His presence is all that I need and I have his presence today. Remember the words the stuttering King George VI quoted in his New Year's address, England stood alone against the might of the Nazis. Things were desperate. England was unprepared, stood alone in the world. It looked like freedom would die as the new year was born, said the king, quoting Minnie Haskins. I am stuttering, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. Great Britain with God beat back the forces of evil and uh, won the victory. Remember this, never, 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 as Churchill said, never, never, never give up. You know why? Because you are never alone and his presence is all you need. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept his free gift of eternal life. And then, you're saved. It's not hard. It doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. I accept that your son Jesus Christ died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone. Fellowship with other followers of Jesus. Get baptized. Read your Bible and pray. Choices. We make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website. God has got a time and a place for everything. Nothing happens by chance. In spite of the powers of darkness, nothing can destroy the church of God. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the gospel is not about you and me. It is the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What and where is heaven? This DVD series from John Carter will be yours with a gift of $50 US or $70 Australian. Write to us at the address on the screen. Shipping is free in the US and Australia. Visit carterreport.org, your home for inspirational teaching. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.